Hey guys, this is Gary, and welcome to another episode of Pod Wars. On Pod Wars, we like to dissect Star Wars, Marvel, and our favorite little nuggets of geeky media. I'm here with my favorite Force-sensitive baby, Justice. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's my baby. (laughs) And our other good friend, Evan. Hey, guys. Good to see y'all. They can't see you. Yeah. This is a recorded no. medium. No, I'm talking to you guys. This is good to see you guys. <laughs> this is our fourth intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those nights. But Mandalorian bros. Guys, we're going to be talking what chapters, the last two chapters in the Mandalorian. Justice, what chapters are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about chapters 12 and 13. <laughs> I asked you a question and then answered it for you. I only know that chapter 13 is uh, the Jedi. I have no idea what the other one's called. I completely forget because after I saw Ahsoka, my mind went blank and like I got into this weird trance-like state. But we're going to get to that. Yeah. But before we do, let's give a little bit of announcements for our people from the Pod Nation on what to expect ahead. So next week, we're going to be... Next weekend, we're going to be interviewing the voice actress for Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. So, guys, keep eyes open for that. Let us know on Twitter. We'll be doing a post this week on what questions we should ask her. Let us know, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. And that will really help us because we suck at thinking of questions. (laughs) Also, after that, we're going to be doing, of course, our usual little bit of Mandalorian breakdowns. But we're going to also be bringing in some individuals from beyond the screenplay to talk a little bit of Empire Strikes Back and Solo and maybe a little bit of what we'd want from Solo, too. So expect more from that as we come ahead. But, boys, you ready to dive into The Mandalorian? No, let's talk about Solo. You got my mind there. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's let's do this. I I love how that that episode started because, like, um, episode 11 just ends like his ship is totally just dead inside <laughs> and and i just love how you know episode 12 just starts off like his ship dies finally and he's like yeah this this isn't gonna happen and he he's like we're gonna go visit the the old friends which I w- i've been waiting for this whole time it's like they gotta bring back carl weathers and um gina uh, what's her face gina carano um, Cara Dune, Cara Dune, and I—I I was really excited that they went back there, and it was kind of okay. What do you guys think about Navarro now? How it's basically kind of like instead of a hive of scum and villainy, it's like a glorified preschool. <laughs> it's a bunch of uh, I don't know. I guess it was cool just seeing what would it look like when the Empire is not like has dirty hands all over them. Um, and kind of seeing what government they reform. Obviously, Carl Weathers would be, uh, you know, the man in charge. Um, but uh, I, I mean, um, yeah, it's cool. I, I the one of the things that really shocked me is the that first bounty, how he was on un, um, unfrozen and was just chilling there, working his time off. Yeah, I thought that the, um, the that guy, the mytho mythothorax guy, <laughs> the guy who just like. I don't know, did the alien version of himself when he saw Mando. <laughs> right, and the, the whole like comedy between them working, like the, his years that he has to work off, I thought that was a really cool, like, um, you know, like little comedy nuggets that they threw in each uh, 
each bit in between the, all the episodes. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I was so sure that guy was going to die. I'm like, he's going to die in this episode. Like, he's done for. But he lived. <laughs> he, he was the comic relief. And I think we, we needed that a little bit. Um, but, okay, I knew going into this episode, I just had a feeling, because last one we had Bo-Katan coming in. And I'm like, okay, guaranteed the next episode is going to be one that's just like an on-base quest. You know, kind of the classic, like, side quest type episode. So, like, what do you guys think of them not carrying on the Bo-Katan and Ahsoka stuff and doing more of a side quest? I think it was, I think it was important because it still showed, like, the, the Empire's hand. Like, that, those are still, like, the guys after Baby Yoda. So we kind of have a, you know, a meetup with those guys again, and they're doing some super sketchy stuff. But, yeah, I can't even remember why they were trying to go destroy the facility, maybe to make that planet better. But, yeah, I saw it coming. I guess I prefer that better than, like, a really slow burn leading up to uh, finding Ahsoka. Like, if they would have had a whole episode, like, where's Ahsoka? We're, we're searching this planet, hiking through the forest. Like, like that a where's Waldo, but for Ahsoka, basically? Yeah, so I was, hap- I was, I was happy with that. Uh, I, I think that even though the episode was a side quest, they did a really good job of adding more lore and, can, like, connectivity between the whole star wars universe um and then they also answered a few questions on what the you know what the empire was doing with baby yoda at with the end when they're in there and they realize that it's not just a facility that it's actually a lab and there's a lot going more going on i thought that was really cool that they introduced that because even though the in the grand scheme of like uh the mandalorian and uh the i'm gonna call it baby yoda until we until we talk about the next episode um until you know like there's no progression in their story but they're still answering questions on like the overall mandalorian story in general and adding in i think a little bit of well a lot of unanswered questions and definitely some new plot lines which we'll get towards more as we get to the end of the episode um but i'd like to talk a little bit about kind of how they took over the base because I thought it was super cool how... Well, it was super funny that they brought Mr. Bluegill along. And he's just freaking out the whole time. And the action with it was great. My favorite part that I have to recognize... And please tell me you guys noticed this. Is when he goes to like that little module thing. And he's like, there isn't a railing. And it was totally a Family, a family Guy Star Wars reference. Please tell me you caught that justice. That's a Family Guy reference? Oh, like, yeah. Those lines were said? And- those were from Family Guy where, like, the guys are sitting at Death Star and they're like, all I want is a railing. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, and it's next to the uh, the Death Star ray, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where... That's they funny. made a Family Guy reference in The Mandalorian and it was fantastic. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's so... It is funny because there's literally lava right there. And, of course, there's no rail. Like, it's very Empire, like, whatever. Like, there's a lava pit there, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, watched that and started busting out laughing. And my wife's just like, why are you laughing? I'm like, because they're quoting Family Guy. <laughs> like, come on. This is great. <laughs> Unfortunately, I missed it. But that is hilarious. I, I'm very disappointed in you, dude, for not catching that. Come on. It's Family Guy Star Wars. Classic, like, Blue Harvest. If you want to understand Star Wars, just watch Family Guy. Don't even watch anything else. And 
and don't even listen to us. I mean, that definitely doesn't help you understand Star Wars. We're still, you know, 200th episode is going to be Family Guy Star Wars episode. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Oh, one day, one day. But they're, so they're going through this facility, and it seems like a classic, like, okay, Mando and his friends are going to just destroy the Empire kind of plot. You know, it very much seemed that kind of cookie-cutter plot. I mean, I, I love that cookie-cutter plot, but it definitely seemed like that. Until you got the big old twist. They walk into that lab room. They see the hologram. And he brings up a couple things that are really important. One, that he's tested on the subject. And that like it, the samples haven't worked. They've been rejected. And that they wouldn't find another subject with a high enough M count. Oh, yeah. Boys, did they bring him back? Dude, I, they should have just said it. Midichlorian. Let's not be afraid, guys. <laughs> not everyone can have them. Only special people like Jedi can have midichlorians, okay? It's like the PC, like the politically correct way of saying midichlorian. Like, they're like, we want to say it, but we don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they included midichlorians. Did you guys like that one? On or, Yeah. Eh. I have no problem with midichlorians. Uh, again, Bring I thought it. it was a really cool little nugget that they added in. It's just another piece that's connecting to the whole Star Wars larger... Um, story going on and okay so let me know if my theory is right on this so my thought is that they're basically using baby yoda to as since he has such a high metachlorian count to using his blood to help recreate either palpatine clone snoke or both to help resurrect the empire did you guys get the same kind of vibe out of that well I was getting like Darth Vader vibes because at the end there's like there's this room it's very vague but smoky but it looks like there's a room full of Darth Vader on Those it. are actually And so I Those are actually elite people think they're elite troopers from I don't I I am I'm, I'm blanking on where from but they think that they're elite stormtroopers or death troopers and like the death troopers in Rogue uh, One. I think so maybe there's more I'm I'm blanking on my Star Wars knowledge at the moment, but uh, yeah, from what I can recall, they were like supposed to be basically death troopers with sim similar to Rogue One, like you mentioned to Evan, but with kind of like the Vader armor, which you can see on Moff Gideon with that Vader armor, which we know his armor is really good at like deflecting bullets and taking all kinds of crap. Um, but I I've talked to other people and they had the same thought. They first thought Vader because of that scene. Um, I think what did you Snoke. think of that scene, Justice? Did you think? I think it's more. You Snoke, think it's Snoke? Snoke and Palpatine clones. Um, I guess that's the same thing. I I don't I don't know. Can we separate Snoke between Palpatine, or are we just going to consi consider him the same person? I I don't know. It's like a weird alter ego, you know. I think it'd be awesome if it was Star Killer. Ooh, ooh. Like multiple star killers, and they're going to wear this armor. And they're going to be kind of like little Darth Vader's because. Well, in star the killer Unleashed, was cloned, wasn't he? He was cloned. I don't know if he's cloned from Darth Vader, but he was Darth Vader's apprentice. So it would be kind of a cool tie in. Okay, to take a step back there, because Evan got a really spicy, spicy thing in there. Um, so we know Palpatine was cloned for sure in the expanded universe. And they've taken that into Rise of Skywalker, which could lead to that theory that they're inherently trying to clone Palpatine slash Snoke, one or the other or both, to revive the Empire. The only, the main other one we know of has been cloned in Extended Universe is Starkiller, who is one of the 
like I don't want to say Padawans, but like the apprentice of Vader in the Force Unleashed games, and in Force Unleashed Two, he was also cloned. So it's another thing is a possible like maybe it's like the Star Wars like super soldier serum is kind of what they're going for. Speaking of all yeah, of this, I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of all this, my my cousin sent me an article yesterday, and he was like, "Is this true?" And it was like. 30 Star Wars characters that are better than Han Solo from the EU and and Starkiller was one of them uh, but the what's really like I was like this article is pretty misleading because half these characters are canon characters they're just not in the live action stuff like they're all comic characters and I was and then I was like and I mean yeah some of them are better than Han Solo but that's kind of hard to like Han Solo is so great so <laughs> but it was just really funny that like we're bringing we're talking about Starkiller and he was on the list yeah, it's well, awesome. I mean, better than Han Solo is like a better character because Starkiller could like literally kick Han Solo's ass like day in day out. But like, is he a better character? I don't know. Um, right. But I do like that. Um, I was hoping that when you said that uh, he gave you an article saying, "Is this true?" It was going to say, "Kylo is Ray's great grandfather." <laughs> <laughs> you need to get off that conspiracy because I keep seeing articles like that. <laughs> Dude, I still see articles coming up from that for my Google. It's like Google understands me. Those CIA spies watching me, they know. Luke Luke was a force ghost the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our conspiracies episode. Guys, check it out. Called Get I don't Justice mind. Triggered. I, I know I, I I know I know when I first heard that Luke one, I, I guess I could just like unnecessarily guess I don't really dislike that idea now, but I still don't think he was a force ghost until the very end. I mean, Dr. David Kyle Johnson convinced us that Rose has the most important quote of Star Wars. So once you get that accepted in your brain, everything's possible. Yeah, and then our listenership went way down. <laughs> my my favorite thing about our recording oh my gosh. is that... Again, um, shameless plug to our own episode. My favorite thing about our recording is that midway through our podcast, we like plug like 10 different episodes of ours. And then we just keep on recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the key to plug your own episode. <laughs> Every episode, plug the last episode. <laughs> well, I think does that kind of wrap it up for that episode? No, there, there's some more. I don't know. There was well, okay. I just there's definitely some more. Justice, you go ahead and go first. One, I don't know if you guys saw the blooper where the. The guy was the extra was in the background when they're fighting in the hangar, and yeah. and now he's like the blue jeans guy. And there's like a my friend sent me a meme where they made a toy and it's just like his arm and like one pant leg and it's like blue jeans guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be the next red shirt Snaggletooth. I swear. Yes, please, I'll buy. Um, so for guys who haven't been, uh in touch with this there was apparently a random staff member who happened to be in shot and um was caught on camera and you just see his like arm like a yellow polo and his blue jeans like behind carl weathers and it's hilarious apparently disney just cgi edited him out so blue jean guy is now legends and he's no longer canon guys so did and they re-uploaded the episode they re-uploaded it without him in it it's like um it's like with the Starbucks cup in Game of Thrones. Except better because he's blue jean guy. 
and better because it's not Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say this, and I don't want to. I don't want this to come. This, this is the controversy for the episode. Uh, this is not because of my my opinions of said person, but Gina needs to work on her acting. Like holy. <laughs> Like her, her, she's badass and she kicks ass in the episode, and she's really good at like fighting and whatnot. But there's some scenes where she's like her voice acting. I'm like, oh girl, come on. Uh, I, I, I don't feel the same way, dude. I mean, I love her character. I love her um physical physicality in her acting. I, I didn't. I don't feel the same vibe. I like her too much. Um, and completely all the other stuff aside, frankly, I don't know enough about it to even comment on it. All right. I know is Cara Dune as a character I like. Um, I, I never, I never got the same vibe as you with her dialogue. It's like I, I always, it's like Padme bad if sometimes. It's crappy. I blame the writer. It's like it, it's bro, like Padme. Bro, yeah. that's that's a hard thing to throw at her. Ooh, I know nothing of drama. You have to tell me about this later. We will. But- but I do. I like her as a character, and I want her. I want her to do good, so I can kind of relate to Justice. I seriously got like at the end of the episode. I'm like, are they gonna make out? Like I was getting some romance vibes. Like, Wait, are you like, talking Mando and her, or yeah. her and the overweight rebellion guy? <laughs> who's overweight rebellion? Guy? He's like a random director who's playing the rebellion pirate, and he's a pirate pilot, and he's just some overweight dude with big hairy beard uh, oh yes that too here here's a medal you, there's more where that came from no i was getting heavy vibes between her and mando like i'm obviously i don't think anything's gonna happen but like i was kind of like this could happen i mean i did think it was cool that she is like the i guess the the sheriff of the town and like she's taking responsibility and isn't running away from uh trying to fight you know the empire and she's trying to do good like i, I like that and again i'm not taking away from like the I think she's I think her the action that she did is really cool. There's just some parts where I'm like, yeah, you are definitely like a WWE or M sorry MMA fighter, and yeah, we we could tell. Okay, that's that's fair. I mean, she's not the same caliber of acting as um, Pedro Pascal or Carl Weathers, but I still. Or, well, Carl Weathers, yeah, he he's a good actor, but he also he's Carl Weathers. He's a meme upon himself. Like, he's just like, I just see him with America shorts being Apollo Creed, being like, I choose you, I choose you. Um, but I also watched Rocky Four way too many times growing up. But that's a side note about Gary that you don't need to know. But I do think that this episode was, was great because Carl Weathers directed it, and I we and I, I thought it was, you know, phenomenal. Like I I, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought there again the, the action was a lot of fun. Um, the comedy was good. Um, you know, it there wasn't like a point where I guess I was I would say the word bored or wasn't interested. Like I it, it, it had a really good pacing. I thought, and so um, let him direct more episodes. So I have a few more nuggets I'd like to bring up here. One, Cara Dune is from Alderaan. That blew my mind there. Um, Two, the guy asked her, did you lose anyone? The whole freaking planet was blown up. She freaking lost a lot of people. That's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that bloom. I kind of I forgot about that. That's awesome. And also, we got to show some love to all the great moments Baby Yoda gave us in that episode. Between the wires of him being like, no, the blue wire. No, no the red wire. And... 
then of course the force levitating cookies I mean, we have to give that a moment to settle in our soul how adorable that was. Uh, what was even more adorable was him, like, b- throwing it up after they went in the space. I was going like, to ask you, I said, like, Dad, what you thought of that. It's like a baby spits up the food. It's so cute. And then, like, and then Mando has to wipe him up with his cape. Oh, it was just, like, heartwarming. And shout out to whoever fixed up Mando's uh, ship in, like, one day. Amazing work. <laughs> It, well, it's I'm I'm so, I'm wondering so boys, about that though. Are you ready to move on? Well, no, no. I think I think we need to bring up the because you said fixing up his ship, and there's the the Sith mm. the spy who puts a tracker on him. So when is the point where Moff Gideon and Mando are gonna meet up? And you know, like when they're getting tracked, they're like I, I'm. This is getting spoiler territory for we, this whole episode spoiler. But I mean, like. Where I'm, I'm gonna go jump a little bit past the next episode to, I guess, uh, the the one after that, and I think when he goes to the planet to bring Baby Yoda, that's when Moff Gideon's gonna show up. Mm, I do like that. To, to the yeah, to the temple to uh, <laughs> Tython temple on Typhon, which we're, yeah, which we'll get, we're gonna get to that. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the temple because that temple is dope in Legends. Um. But before we dive into the next episode, okay, I, I want to bring up kind of... Actually, we'll save this for the end. Let's dive into the new newest episode, The Jedi. Yep, hang on to that. Dude, it was just weird to see live-action lightsabers again. Like, it, it was... It was it just kind of threw me. Like, I feel like just all of us, we like when we watched it, we're like, yeah, like, that was kind of like... Just starting it, eating some breakfast, and then, oh, lightsabers. Okay, I have to pay attention now. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it blew my mind because I expected, like, Ahsoka to come maybe halfway through or near the end, and literally 20 seconds in, you're like, oh, holy hell, Ahsoka's there murdering a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. Like, we had to pause it afterwards because I just couldn't, like... (laughs) contain my emotions anymore i have learned that spoilers are inevitable when it comes to online and i'm a person who doesn't sleep very well so getting up early doesn't bother me so i just get up early on fridays and watch it and i was kind of like in and out of sleep when i turned it on and the first second couple seconds when her lightsaber pops on i immediately sat up from my bed and just was like oh gosh like i need to pay attention this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's not the only thing that went up <laughs> hey. the lightsaber blades yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well especially because she didn't do the backhanded until the very end so ooh, yeah ooh. Which, don't don't get me on the backhand <laughs> shut the hell up <laughs> anyways appropriate content here folks um we got our girl ahsoka tano so justice for the five people on Earth that don't know who Ahsoka Tano is, who still listen to Star Wars podcasts, can you can you please describe who this character is? Uh, yeah, she is a is she a Twi'lek? Is that the proper term? Um, right? Yeah. Uh, K- Tagruda. No, she's she a, she's Tegruda. from Ryloth, right? Nah, nah, dude. Nah, nah. She is Tegruda. Hera's from. Oh, Ryloth. that's right. Okay, I, I know, yeah, I know her as. I don't yeah, know her, her origin. As, she is an orange alien. Uh, she is 
was first introduced in the Clone Wars um, as a young, young child. Um, Tigrida, my dude. Oh, thank <laughs> Come on, man. You're supposed to be the show expert here. We're supposed to be the irreverent guys who just don't do anything and drink <laughs> gin and tonic. Gary, you have, if, if, if our followers have been listening to us for how long now, anytime there's Star Wars trivia, I am the least likely to uh, get the answers right. I just like Star Wars and we'll talk about it, but does it mean I actually have the answers? Anyway. <laughs> more about ahsoka i trust i know I, and i apologize and the lords okay, of the sith yeah really so good ahsoka describe describe our girl ahsoka do you want like body features or like character definitely character <laughs> okay 100 percent. i want character okay so she was first introduced in the clone wars TV show, the second one, I think that's the one that comes out in like 2007 or 8. Um, and uh, she is Anakin's apprentice. And when I, to be honest, when she was first introduced, she's pretty whiny uh, character. Not a lot of people liked her, but now she's become a beloved character. Uh, we have seen her growing up all these years. Uh, we see her as she um, gets trained under Anakin and then something uh she gets falsely accused of leaving the jedi temple she's some in the final season of uh clone wars season seven her and anakin have this like sweet moment and then she's able to survive order 66 then we also see her story progress in rebels and that's really awesome because she fights darth vader and we get to see her with um her lightsabers and they're you know gray like you see in mandalorian and her whole story progresses there, and at the very end of Rebels, she's going off to search for Ezra and Thrawn, um, and that's where this story kind of picks up, and we finally see her. And she's a uh, Togruta. And she knows that Anakin turned into Darth Vader. Yeah, so she's been there um, almost from, from the beginning. Um, and like Justice mentioned, she's a beloved fan character that everyone within the fandom has been asking to be in live action and freaked out when we finally heard it was going to happen. So, okay, how did you feel seeing her live action? Was it weird? Was it awesome? What What did you think? It threw me off at first. Um, so again, I I like it. I I I guess I guess I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. Like I think it's great. I think it. The second time I watched it, I really really liked it. But the first time I watched it, I was like, this is really weird. Like seeing her not animated. Um, the. I don't know what the proper term is, but like her headpiece, uh, kind of looks kind of fake. Um, but that I can get past that. Like that's not that big of a deal. Um, I thought she, I thought Rosario Dawson, Dawson, right, um, did a really great job. Mm. Um, I I I wish it was actually Estine, but I I do think that she did a really good job. Um, I thought she her mannerisms were very similar. Um, I thought she played the part really well. It just like that initial waiting for her, like the realizing that she's no longer going to be animated. That's what took me like a little bit. Like I need to get used to that. I, I can feel that it, it came to me in phases. First phase was just, holy hell, this is Ahsoka. Oh my gosh. Lightsabers freaking out. Second phase was, um, is this what I pictured for Ahsoka? And it took a while to adjust because Rosario Dawson did her own little flavor to it. Plus, just based off of the circumstances, Ahsoka was a lot more tough and grungy. Yeah. Um, and it was circumstantial with it. Um, 
And then later, I could see the little moments where I'm like, okay, she nailed down Ahsoka's personality. Like the little smirks and smiles at Baby Yoda, the like little teases she gave towards Mando. Like she definitely captured Ahsoka's personality. Um, I think Ashley Eckstein, who's the original voice actress for Ahsoka, would have done a good job. The main issue is like... Even though she's a good actress, I don't think she'd ever have the same screen presence as Rosario Dawson, and she would feel underwhelming compared to the big presence of like Pedro Pascal and all the actors involved with The Mandalorian. Uh, but that's only my own opinion with it. What do you think of it, Evan? Yeah, I think she did an awesome job. It's kind of more like, I, f- I agree with Justice, it was like weird finally seeing her live action. Kind of... Like, kind of reverse for most of these characters. We've had movies and then books about these characters and movies. But this is kind of like a character we've had an animated series. And then seeing her live action was very interesting. And it was kind of like a... It was it was a cool moment for me because I don't think I've experienced anything like that. Kind of, yeah, going from animated to real life. So, it was cool. But it was... it was it was Yeah, it took a bit to get used it's to. The, it's the Star Wars version of Harley Quinn. You know, she was first introduced in the animated show and now she's... Like that's that's how I'm viewing it. So I'm sure, you know, back in the day when she's first introduced live action, it, it might have been a little bit weird. But yeah, like again, I thought it was great. Um, I love the whole when the light, like her lightsabers are so pure and so bright that when she clicked them off, she would go like noir, and you know you couldn't see her. But then when she clicked them on again, and I did like I. I I guess I hadn't realized how brutal she was actually being until someone had said, I don't know if I saw it from you, Gary, or online, where they're like, I was thrown off by that. And I was like, yeah, like maybe her experience that we've seen from what happened in Rebels to now has really changed her mindset. Like after, you know, her going through all this and trying to go after Thrawn, she's become um, maybe a little more jaded. And I don't think it's entirely out of character. Um, because a, a few things with Ahsoka, one is that she's called the Jedi, but she doesn't really consider herself a Jedi. Like she's fine with going with the nuances of light and dark and just living in the force. So I can see her of all people being willing to use the dark side and go a little bit kind of crazoid. Well, not crazoid, but like go a little bit dark because she just lives in the force. She's not to, like overly in. T- it like overly entranced by that Jedi type philosophy. So like I can see her going that intense. Plus also she's seen a lot of crap. I mean her her master turned into a genocidal maniac with Vader. She knows when it's time to like brush aside all the Jedi dogma and just get stuff done. Did you guys feel when kind of like in Clone Wars how we're always saying it's not a kid show and you know, all these things happen where like, that's the same thing that was happening with the Mandalorian, but it was live action where, you know, she cuts off like people's heads or cuts through them, but there's things in the way or they cut right away before you can actually see like the body parts fall away. Like, did you, did you guys realize that too? Or is that just me? Oh, I could see your point there. Um, but I'd say that's also just a star Wars thing in general. Star Wars rarely has like goriness to its action. Like it's actions intense, but it's rarely gory. Yeah, I definitely felt like the episode was a little spooky. Like the foggy town. I really liked it. Like it didn't, it felt different than normal Star Wars, which I liked. It felt like uh, they weighed, like other ones are weighed heavily on the Westerns 
kind of genre. I think it might have been you, Justice, who mentioned how it's definitely weighed in more on the samurai film kind of feel on this episode. Oh, for sure. Um, and we'll get way more into that when we talk about the ending. Um, but one of the things I, I decided to watch the intro for this episode. And it's really funny because Bo-Katan is like, you need to go to the forest planet. And as soon as like he or Mando arrives on the planet, there's like no trees whatsoever they're like all dead i'm like this is definitely a forest planet like they they wiped the crap out of all the plant life yeah it's it's a little sad um but it adds to that kind of like creepy aesthetic which i did not expect ahsoka to be introduced to us in a creepy aesthetic like this or like a tough aesthetic like it was kind of cool like i dug it but it's definitely not what i expected which is kind of good Okay, so for those of you who haven't, so what happens? Yeah, in this so for episode, those of you who haven't seen it, um, Mando approaches the town and is brought in to go to, I guess, the magistrate, and she wants him to go and find Ahsoka and kill him. And in exchange, um, he'll get this spear that is all made out of Beskar. And so they meet, and there's some cool conversations that we'll talk about. And then they go off and do their own thing, and there's a big battle. We'll also talk about that. But that's basically the plot of the episode. And like, but there's a lot of, a lot of character development there, especially for like baby Yoda. Let, uh, are you guys ready to dive into the juiciness that is baby Yoda in this episode? I'm not ready to give up the name, man. <laughs> <laughs> the child has a name and the name is Grogu. Dude, like I know people are having trouble adjusting to it, but I'm learning to love the name Grogu. Come on, he's just little Grogu, just Groguing along. It's like a very like Naruto name or something. I love it. It's very yes, those samurai vibes. I I like it. Uh, I was at first I was thrown off. I was way thrown off, and I had to like rewind and turn on the subtitles just to make sure that I like was saying it correctly and they were actually naming, uh, you know, Baby Yoda Grogu. And I and I was like, oh my gosh, that just happened. And I couldn't tell anyone because it was freaking five in the morning and no one else had watched it. (laughs) (laughs) I literally got the reveal and immediately texted you because I'm like, Justice watched this at like 5 a.m. So it's fine. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I I rewinded, like put on subtitles. I'm like, what's his name? I got emotional because I always watch things with subtitles. I got emotional when it stopped saying the child and it switched to Grogu for his subtitles. And I'm like. Ah, uh, Grogu is cooing right now, guys. <laughs> Disney Plus is telling me something. Man, but seriously, major like um, development for Grogu. I mean, he he immediately, whenever um, Ahsoka can communicate with him through the Force um, and kind of read his mind, like immediately you're like, oh, this guy's like a mature little dude. Like he's not a super little baby. He's like the reason he's stubborn to Mando is because he he's not a, a dummy, which which I think is kind of you know interesting because people do view, view little kids as dummies or whatever they're not gonna understand you, but as a person with two little kids, like they take in a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what you thought about that too as a dad, because like he's definitely still a baby, but it just shows that like he's he's not an idiot, you know. He's yeah. he's so it was. Very he's hiding the fact that he can use the force to survive survive because if if he shows that he can use it then you know there's going to be either 
you know, Jedi hunters or the Empire obviously wants him. Um, so I feel like that's maybe where El- he acts more maybe younger than he really is. Um, but there's also some really awesome nuggets that they, again, they dropped that was kind of relating back to the prequels that he was there, you know, when there was the younglings on Coruscant and he had a lot of masters. And so that begs the question, where was he during order 66? Who saved him during order 66? How did he end up? How did the empire end up stealing him back from whoever saved him? Like there was just a lot of questions. Did Yaddle and Yoda have a baby? And that's why we don't see her anymore because she got kicked <laughs> out of the M- but got kicked out of the Jedi order. These are questions we need answers wait, to. Yeah, wait, Wait, Yaddle is a female? Yaddle's a female. Oh my okay, gosh. Uh, right. I thought Yaddle was a man. Dude, I have a lot of thoughts. So Plo Koon was allowed to procreate because his species was so like sparsely populated. Wait, where is this noted? This is noted in canon. Plo Koon was allowed to procreate. So maybe Yoda was allowed to procreate with Yaddle, I see Justice swinging down a drink just yeah, at the like, thought of too. Yoda and Yaddle. Me too. I need, I need to forget this. <laughs> okay, memory. it is very possible, guys, that and Yoda and the female other of Yoda's species that we've seen in the films, Yaddle, um, look her up in the prequel. No, don't look her up. You'll never erase it from your mind. <laughs> it's very possible they had Grogu. She will be a character in the, and the Skywalker Saga Lego game. I... <laughs> I have a feeling that the Jedi Order pulled a uh, private Christian school thing and kicked her out for being pregnant, and that's why we don't see her in episode two or three. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, the theories are abound. I want to add to the theories, guys. I texted you this earlier, but, okay, episode one. They turned down Anakin to be trained by the Jedi. And as a kid, I was watching that. I'm like, why? This makes no sense. He's clearly meant to be a Jedi. He's probably the chosen one. What if they turned him down from being trained as a Jedi because they had Grogu and they're like, he's meant to be the chosen one the whole time. Dude, I I love that theory and I would stand by that theory. Let's post it to Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) If only Pod Wars had a Reddit. But honestly, though, I think it makes sense is that, like, everyone's already saying that Grogu is born the same time as Anakin and that, like, they turned down Anakin for who knows what reason. Maybe Grogu was meant to be the chosen one for the Jedi and just hasn't done it yet because he's a little nugget. But it was was very interesting that they were able to communicate through the Force. Um, And I also thought it was, like... Something that I hadn't realized is that this character is actually somewhat mature because Ahsoka, knowing her own past, and I thought this was also maturity, showing maturity on her side, isn't willing to train Baby Yoda because of the darkness, the fear, the hate um, that he's gone through, and which like just made me like I I really thought about that and just this guy has gone through so much like yes like these emotions like he's probably going through he's not just this little guy that we always like talk about that's always happy and with mando he's gone through a lot um but then also I'm, i've been thinking ahsoka knowing that anakin did this or went went through had similar emotions and then also how we talked about she's more in that i would say that gray area i'm surprised that she's not more willing to train him yeah i'm i'm i understand definitely what you're getting at because she's more of a great jedi how she wouldn't be willing but i also like i think it fits the character you know 
especially because it hit me hard when she said, like, I've seen what this attachment has done to people, even the best of us. And you're like, oh, she's talking about Anakin right now. Like, that part hit me hard right in the feels. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that was a super awesome shot. Just her accepting that she knows Anakin's Darth Vader. But still, she's not totally... She she just knows that Mando and, and um, Grogu are better together. But she's still like, go to this cool temple... And maybe a, a random Jedi, hmm, maybe Ezra will appear. Do you think Ahsoka has, has ever found Ezra? Or maybe is she hoping that maybe um, Baby Yoda and Amanda will be the one to bring him out from hiding? Or do you think she's going to find Luke? Or he's going to find Luke? So, okay. We threw out a lot of nuggets there. <laughs> let's, let's, let's tone it down for some of the casuals here. Okay. Um, so in Rebels... Ahsoka Tano ends her journey by searching for Ezra, who is the main Jedi, like, young Padawan throughout all of Rebels. Check out that series. It's worth it. It Rebels ends with, um, basically, Ezra sacrificing himself by taking him and Thrawn into, like, this alternate kind of zone. And um, Ahsoka tries to find them. So we know that Thrawn is apparently back in the real world, because at the end... Ahsoka says, like, ask where's Admiral Thrawn, which we need to get to because that's a big freaking deal. But that means Ezra's got to be back. So I can't help but think that since de-aging has done so poorly from fan response in the past, um, undeservedly so in my opinion, with Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia, I have to feel like when they go to there, he's, she's gonna, he's gonna find Ezra. Yeah, he's, I really hope he does. And, dude, I was waiting for the Thrawn reveal. Even in episode three with Bo-Katan, I was like, sure, she was, she was trying to find Thrawn, too, and call him up on the hollow screen. And, and then I knew, oh, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, yes. And I was, I was hoping he would pop up on a hollow screen or something, or he would be, like, there in that town with that Empress chick. And oh, I'm excited to see. I'm scared. I think I'll actually be scared when I see a live-action Thrawn. Like, it'll be spooked. Well, I feel like the voice actor for Thrawn, if you'd look up the guy, he'd be perfect to play for Thrawn. Yeah, you can maybe do an actor and then the, and then a voice actor and you just mash him like they did for... Um... Okay. Yeah. One, Man, yeah, go watch Rebels, y'all. One of the things that I'm I'm curious is the the people that they go and fight that are controlling the town that have taken it over, they're not Empire. There's no Empire symbols on them. Uh I wanna know who are they? Like who who are the two, you know, who's the Empress and like the commander? And then the people that are in the helmets, are those part of are they part of the KISS Empire? Are they, you know, are are they Empire like our Empire or are they some other species that we've never met before. Um, you know, I, I'm, there's a lot of mystery surrounding those, those characters. And okay. <laughs> Again, cause there's a lot of characters thrown in here. So if you're just a fan of Mandalorian, Thrawn is essentially like the main villain of rebels. He's one of the main head honchos with an empire. Um, he's an alien. So Tarkin. My thought is he's basically an alien. Tarkin. And he's like an inventor. Like he tried to invent these crazy tie fighters. So when Ahsoka mentioned TIE Fighters, I was like, Thrawn. Yeah. And 
Um, my theory is so the original time Thrawn was introduced was in Legends, um, for kind of the post. Uh, original trilogy where it was kind of like him as the big baddie versus the clone Palpatine. My thought is Thrawn is trying to rise up to form a new empire, kind of like he did in Timothy Zahn series back in the day. So that's what I'm thinking is going to be up ahead is that after Moff Gideon, the main villain is going to be Thrawn. So you don't think Moff Gideon and Thrawn are working together? I think they're it's possible, but I think that Thrawn is going to be the main villain afterwards. I think Gideon's main focus is reviving Palpatine, and that Thrawn's main focus is reviving the Empire. I think it'd be cool Dang. if somehow Thrawn was the reason that the First Order came to be. Like, somehow... I think that'd be awesome. Somehow he manufactured it, um, got the resources to create it, uh, put the people in place to, to, to make that happen. But, so... Ahsoka goes and attacks the base and she like really coolly throws a piece of Mando's armor saying that, you know, he couldn't kill her, uh, which we get to, we do get to see Mando and Ahsoka fight, which that was pretty cool. I love Beskar against her white lightsabers. I love that, that sparkle effect. Um, but she goes and fights and I really want to talk about the two showdowns. So Mando comes in later after, there's a couple of scuffles and the a couple of the bad guys are going to kill the prisoners that are outside the main um, Empress, I guess, headquarters and stops them. And so you have the Empress's commander versus Mando. And then you have Ahsoka versus, I'm going to call her the Empress. I don't know what her real name is. And you, it, it's very cool because we keep on talking about how Mando is very much a Western, and so they have like a show off. He's he's got this really cool shotgun. I don't know if you guys noticed this. We have not seen Star Wars shotguns before, but he's got like a nice, awesome shotgun. Yeah. And and then Mando's obviously got his like pistol, so it's very much Western shootout. And then the other side, which it flex back to, is Ahsoka with her two lightsabers fighting the Empress with the Beskar spear, and. It keeps on going back and forth, and one's like a very samurai-esque fight, and then the other one's a very much Western shootout, and I loved it. Dude, I know. I really like that comparison. It, that didn't even cross my mind, but yeah, it's kind of like mixing the Star Wars world with kind of like the known, our Western culture. And I love with the fight with Ahsoka on how... Okay, I know Justice, you, I think you texted me on how like she didn't immediately do the backhanded blade at first, which I interpreted as Ahsoka is, is basically not trying with like the random guardsmen dudes and is basically not trying with uh, the spear chick. Again, we are fantastic with names on this podcast. <laughs> the and magistrate. Ex- until, the, until the magistrate hits away one of her lightsabers. And then Ahsoka goes backhand blade, and she's like, okay, I have to actually try now. And then disarms the girl super easily. Because she's not trying to kill her, and the other people are too easy. And then she goes all out when she goes backhand. When she went backhand, my nerd heart just started to sink. And the whole time, the I guess her the magistrate's uh, number two person is talking to Mando and is like, you know, I'm not, I have no quarrels with you, and going on and like getting closer and he's like like he like they're listening to the battle going on seeing who's going to win and he's like who do you think's going to win and it's it's very interesting the whole time i knew that he was going to somehow try attacking mando and of course 
there's not really like a way to shoot Mando in a good spot where it's going to hinder him. And obviously Mando wins in that shootout. That was a cool part too. But Ahsoka's is a lot cooler, I think. Both were great. It's kind of like, I I don't know. It's just throwing in the two best parts of the series. How it has like the constant like Star Wars influence with the samurai stuff and then the extra Western. I, I love what you brought up with that, Justice. It just like juxtaposes those so well well you you had said evan how like it um you, i don't forget what the, your what quote was but i wanted to like add on to it was going on how now that this is the first time they're introducing lightsabers into the whole episode they introduce like a samurai feel to it and i think that's like that's the coolest part about it using an uh, um, a older style sword um just like how they're using lightsabers, which is an older, like way back in the, like I got a lot of history. Yeah. It just felt like a really original idea, like for Star Wars. Like it just didn't feel like anything I've ever watched, but at the same time it felt right. Mainly cause I, I really felt, okay. Um, I mainly know this cause my father-in-law's a big fan of the film. Uh, Yojimbo is a classic Kurosawa film where it's like a mixture of samurai and Western and it's an it's an old Japanese film where essentially this stranger samurai comes into town, finds out that this magistrate is incredibly like corrupt, and then just like destroys all the corrupt people in the town. Like I think it was definitely kind of taken off those vibes. And I know I, mainly I, I say that because I remember in the the gallery, John Favreau mentioning that as like one of his films that he wanted to have people watch to kind of inspire them. So it that's why it felt like Star Wars to me is because it had that Kurosawa film element. Another TV show that's done it recently is uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Westworld. Um, really great show. If you have HBO, HBO Max, I highly recommend it. Uh, but the first two seasons are super super duper western and that third season is all um more samurai japanese chinese i'm i'm feel really bad that i don't know where samurai (laughs) is so uh, sorry for not being politically correct but um but it's but it's very like it seems like the it's a cool contrast comparing westerns to um this samurai feel yeah i i loved it um Let's get into a little bit of what we expect is ahead from Mando. So I, I wanted to bring this up to you guys because it's been bothering me all day. So I think it's a good thing, but it scares me. This season of Mando has opened up a lot of plot lines and just left them there. Um, so l- let me like explain what I mean. So like the obvious plot line of Bo-Katan trying to get the Darksaber from Moff Gideon. The plotline of Moff Gideon trying to get Baby Yoda to recreate these clones of some sort. The plotline of Mando trying to get Baby Yoda to the Jedi. The plotline of Ahsoka trying to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. And that's just a few of them here. Like, that's a lot of major plot points to open up. Like, do you guys think they're biting off more than they can chew? Or do you think they're just like creating this epicness that's going to blow our minds? I, I just don't know with it. Yeah, I think I think I, in Dave Filoni fashion, just something insane is going to happen at the end of the season. It may not include everybody, but I just think something insane. I mean, if you watch you know, Avatar Last Airbender, if you've watched um, Rebels, 
it seems like there's this slow burn with some, you know, through the whole season. And then the last two episodes are just like, your mind just blew it, which is like exactly what we saw in Mandalorian season one. So I, I, and Clone Wars, and, and Clone I think Wars. somehow, amazingly, like, the, you know, they'll pull it off. So this is what I think. Two things. I don't think they're biting off more they can chew because the volume. And I think that's going to be really beneficial to them. Number two, I think that this season is just laying groundwork for more TV shows. I, I, I could see them doing a, a Bo-Katan TV show. I could see them doing an Ahsoka TV show where I, they keep that whole Mando story and they keep him like doing season three. But, you know, it's kind of like um, Arrowverse for CW. And I could totally see them doing that with Star Wars. That's my prediction. I'd be all for that. I think Ahsoka, of all characters, could carry her own TV show. Um, Bo-Katan might be a bit of a struggle because um, our hardcore fans would be all for it. But, like, casual fans would have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. I mean, as we even talk about it, I kind of think, like, I kind of feel like for The Mandalorian, for him, I already kind of feel like his story is coming to an end. Like, I feel like you can maybe only do one or two more seasons with him. Because, yeah, there's something way bigger than him. So I definitely could feel like a big release coming out, you know, around Christmas about we're doing the Ahsoka show or something and there's only going to be one more season of Mando or something. That's what I'm wondering, too, because they have the conundrum of obviously Mandalorian needs both Mando and Baby Yoda. Those two drive the show. You can't have one without the other. But Baby Yoda is inherently going to need to eventually, like, be with the Jedi and Mando can't, I don't know how he could be a part of that. Um, so, like, when are they going to reach the point of no return? Well, well no, I, I think that you talked about plot lines that are being opened. I think once Mando and Baby Yoda's journey ends, Mando's journey is figuring out, is what Bo-Katan was saying about the Mandalorians correct? And his whole identity, that's the next step for him is figuring out who he is as a Mandalorian and uh, how can he, you know, impact their control. It would be cool if it turned into like a small crew kind of thing, like in Rebels, where like, okay, this is like Evan's dream, right? Like Ezra and Sabine from Rebels, they're married. And then they team up with Baby Yoda and Mando and they just have a small four-person crew and they just... Do some awesome stuff. That's a little <laughs> bit of a dream thing, but I can actually see that being a thing. That the way is fan I fiction. Let's go. I'll write this fan fiction. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the way I see it happening is that like Baby Yoda's gonna be trained by a Jedi, but he's gonna still be constantly in danger. So Mando is going to be basically leaving Baby Yoda with the Jedi as a glorified babysitter. <laughs> so Ezra is going to be a glorified babysitter while Mando's going back and forth trying to keep Baby Yoda safe. So we're going to still get Baby Yoda, but Mando's going to be still a part of it. That's just what I foresee. Um, but guys, I want to talk a little bit about Tython a bit too. Oh yeah. Because um, I was looking up some stuff with Tython and it is spicy. Um, now, so this planet is from Legends, and it goes way freaking back. It is actually one of the original planets for not just the Jedi, but a group called the very creatively named Jedi, or Jedi, <laughs> um, basically the original Force users. 
Um, and they had a temple there, and their whole thing was that, and this is all from, like, Dark Horse comics back in the day. I mean, the only, the best Star Wars comics. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that crap. It's so great. Yeah. Um, and their whole thing was that... Did you these, get this from Mike Zeroff? Was, uh, no, I got this off of the interweb. Um, <laughs> but, like, their whole thing was that, like, they tried to maintain balance. And they had like the the sun and moon there, and they had to maintain balance, or else the planet would be destroyed, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, which I'm like, of course, Ahsoka would send Baby Yoda to a temple, all about balance, because she's a gray Jedi. And I'm expecting some deep Jedi lore when they finally get to that temple. Yeah, there's there's gonna be the transition from space western to. We're in the larger Star Wars universe, and if you don't like Star Wars, then I don't think you're gonna enjoy Mando much more. I don't know. I don't want to like. I don't want to. I guess gatekeep those people who just like Mandalorian, but you're gonna have to succumb to the whole larger Star Wars universe at some point. Yeah, that's why. That's seriously what I keep telling my my friends that love Mandalorian. Like, what should I watch next? And I'm like, you. I really think you need to watch Rebels because I think a lot. There's some mind blowing stuff in Rebels, even for star wars universe that happens at the end of rebels that like that has barely been tapped that i think yeah it's gonna go somewhere insane and and yeah i think star wars fans mandalorian fans definitely need to get ready for it and disney plus has made it a lot more accessible Uh, i saw they have a category now called the 20 essential clone wars episodes which I thought was a great idea. Dude, I want to watch that. Honestly, it's a great idea because Clone Wars is the least accessible of all Star Wars properties because it has so much filler. But its good stuff is so incredibly good and is going to be important to Star Wars because Dave Filoni is now like such a pivotal part of Star Wars. Um, and then, like Evan said, you need to watch, you need to watch Rebels. Um, I think as a whole, Rebels doesn't have too much filler and it's just an incredible story about Ahsoka, about the Mandalorians, about a lot of what this new Star Wars movement is really going toward. So as we close out this podcast, um, let's just talk about some of the what we think is going to happen for the rest of the, the three episodes. Um, what, what are you guys' theories uh, for now? I like your theory, Justice, of they go to Tython and they're trying to reach out in the Force and that's when they meet Moff Gideon. Um, I have a feeling that since Mando has a, has a spear made of Beskar, it perfectly suits him for a like Beskar spear versus Darksaber m- melee combat with Moff Gideon, and I'm so for that. Ooh. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool if Bo-Katan and her crew would show up. Okay, question. Um, sorry if you already talked about it. Is that dude that runs with Bo-Katan, is that the guy that originally had the Darksaber? Uh no, Bo-Katan originally had the dark saber. Who's no. okay? Sorry, I'm getting very I'm getting my stars mixed up. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't really don't know what to expect. I'm I'm just hyped. I've kind of already said what my big picture thoughts are. Obviously, Ezra, something. I'm just trying to enjoy it because I think something crazy is going to happen at the end, and and I'm just hoping they can crank out some more Mandalorian uh, show. Because I mean, I don't know what it looks like with the with the acting right now so and and i would be um i'm wondering because they had that very end scene with the guy who played boba fett 
and they're not doing anything Ooh. with him. So like, what's going on with their that too? So there, there are so there are so many loose ends that need to be addressed, and there's only three episodes left. And I'm not saying they all need to be addressed, but um, I feel like this season has left more unanswered questions than answered than answering anything from season one. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just like it leaves me wondering. Okay, how the heck are they going to conquer all this? Are they going to have new Disney Plus shows? Are they going to have like Mando turn into this extensive universe? Are they going to have just the most mind-blowing last few episodes for the season? I don't know, but they have a lot left open, and I'm excited to see how they fill it. Yeah, I could definitely see some good like Boba Fett stuff happening in the Obi-Wan show, you know, since they're on the same planet. Maybe Boba Fett's just kind of like whatever character. Um, I don't know. I mean, but that's... I'm- I want to tweet about this, and this is going to go on the Podwars Twitter, but you're hearing it here first. I would love it if Qui-Gon Jinn freaking Liam Neeson replies his role was a Force ghost in the Obi-Wan show. That would be, that would be amazing. I, 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 would, I would pee my pants. Guys, I just want to throw it back to like, like probably like the fifth episode of this podcast when I was like, they're going to they're gonna have to make an Obi-Wan TV show because it's too much for a movie. And what, what, sure enough, it evolved from being a movie to a TV show, basically got canceled, now it's back on. Guys, I'm like... So you're right about that. Does that mean you're going to be right about Ezra and Sabine being married? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've said some crazier things. No, okay. I think it'd be cool to have a crew where it's two Jedi and two Mandalorians. That's all I'm saying. That is, that is a beautiful idea. Well, guys, with that, you can find us at on Twitter at Podwords Podcast, or if you have any questions or want us to talk about a certain subject, you can email us at askpodwordspodcast at gmail.com. And with that, have a great week. Be checking out, oh, really quick, be checking out all the new interviews that we got going on. We're trying to do an every other, you know, Mando and then interview. We got some really cool ones. Um, and with that, have a great week. <laughs>